Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso Talking Ted with Jess and Logan. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And we're going to talk about Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 2, I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea, which I <laughs> meant to look up because it feels like some kind of reference to mm-hmm. a song or something. And then I forgot and did not look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know the reference, but it's in parentheses, so it's like, I feel like... It's an Elvis Costello song. All right. Oh, hey, there you go. Sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You beat me to the Google machine. (laughs) uh, The parentheses, when I saw it in the title thing, I was like, that has to be a song reference, because that looks exactly like how somebody would you know put that on a track listing yeah i agree it looked very intentional and i was like i i don't know i was tired the other night too and i just (laughs) didn't want to look it up (laughs) um so we're gonna spoil this episode we might spoil a few things for future of the season but at the end um so spoiler warning there I, I want to bring up something. I'll try to make it really, really brief because I know I've talked about it before. But mm. Welcome to Wrexham Season 2 is about to wrap up. Mm. Um, it's on Hulu. If you like Ted Lasso, you, it, you absolutely need to watch it because it's, it's like true Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, and it, it it's so fun and it has like all the heart of Ted Lasso but the uh and it's it's a documentary series the episode that I just watched was about Wrexham's run at the FA Cup which is London's cup which we saw uh Richmond do that in season two yeah and we briefly talked about how we didn't understand this March. Ted calls it March Madness tournament in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. The latest episode of Welcome to Wrexham, which you can 100% watch without having any kind of knowledge of the show. Other than like Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney bought a uh, football club. They fucking explain all of that oh okay (laughs) and it makes so much more sense but also is incredible like i i know like ted lasso has to do the service of the show itself but it is insane if you play what uh they consider organized football which means you have a team and you play a regular game on a saturday Mm-hmm. You are in, you can be in the tournament and oh. it's, it's March Madness style where you just get drawn. Like they put, a, it's like a lottery and, uh, certain teams, uh, higher up teams, I think don't have to play until like later in the tournament, but literally like the policeman's Saturday football club could wind up playing, uh, uh, Manchester city. In this tournament. Oh wow. And it, it's it's insane. 
So it, it would just be like a, I think they explain it uh, as like, it would be like if uh, your uh, AAA ball, baseball club were suddenly like in a tournament and it was just like, oh, by the way, you're playing the Houston Astros next week. <laughs> and <laughs> like, good luck. <laughs> right. And most of the time those like Premier League and championship like, like they just beat the shit out of the lower league teams but uh it 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 goes into some detail about some of like Wrexham apparently has a history of just going in as underdogs and demolishing teams they should not beat and uh it, it's really honestly as much as I love Ted Lasso, watching Welcome to Wrexham has made me want to start watching soccer slash football. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Um, so everybody should go watch that show. It's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to watch that at some point for sure. Maybe um, when we finish up Ted Lasso, maybe I'll have some time to binge it. The episode before this was about uh, Wrexham's uh, women's soccer club and the the disparity uh, of like how they get treated versus how the men's soccer clubs get treated and kind of the history of uh, women's soccer and like nice. how it was literally outlawed by, uh, uh, I guess it would have been FIFA at the time, whatever the the big organization uh, for the World Cup or whatever was, was like, it's detrimental to women to play soccer. It's mm. fucking insane. <laughs> That's insane. And I can say that as someone who grew up playing soccer. So, um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just plug for that. And I, I was so funny to me because I was like, I think it was like two months ago, Jess and I were like, we don't understand how this, this cup thing mm-hmm. works <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> so uh, that's at least more information than we had so yeah. i'm not gonna say it makes sense but i understand more about it yeah it, it still makes zero sense that it happens in the middle of a season because <laughs> there's so many clubs and there must be so many games that's like you just take a i guess it's almost like the all-star break except it lasts for like a month <laughs> Kind so, of, yeah, that's true. <laughs> until you get like knocked out, it's it's very very strange. So, but uh, it seems super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it is kind of exciting. I think I've watched some of those games before. Um, I couldn't tell you which ones or if that's even what I was really watching because every like there's always some random soccer slash football tournament on TV somewhere if you're yeah. looking hard enough. Yeah. So. I, I love the idea of just these guys who just get together and play on a Saturday in like a rec league. Yeah. <laughs> like playing against people that they idolize and going out there and just like either like just happily getting their ass kicked or somehow just upsetting the apple cart. And ultimately it doesn't even matter to the like the Premier League teams, like the loss no. does nothing to them. They don't no. lose points. And it, it just, it's just this weird tournament that they have. And it, it just sounds super exciting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of, but that's wild. I can't imagine like 
I mean, as a former adult, like rec league football player, I, I literally can't imagine going up against like the women's national team. <laughs> yeah. Not that I, I mean, I was playing in a co-ed league. It was mostly men, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, or, or walking on to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and just being like, oh, oh yeah, we're, we're going to play here. We're going to play Atlanta United. Like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> like, I know. No. <laughs> Oh man, I did. I did used to play for a guy who who was who was a pro more or less. He had he had played overseas, um, not in the Premier League. He played in played in Croatia for a little bit. I don't know. Anyway, but like I mean, he he was pretty he was pretty legit. But he was the only one. <laughs> so yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. That's that's wild to me. Um, so the, the episode, well, first, uh, like I have had a really tough time with this one too, but the episode deals a lot with uh, basically not gossip, but things that people say getting back around to the people that they said them about (laughs) (laughs) are either absolutely just saying like talking trash about somebody like uh barbara does it about um keely's friend not to her face but in front of her true yeah which is pretty bold um i i don't so i was trying to think of like has that ever happened to me and funny enough it it didn't necessarily not the same thing but it kind of happened to me tonight (laughs) oh that's interesting um so the braves lost Uh uh-huh and uh last night so they're out they're not advancing the phillies beat them i posted some rant on facebook about not the braves losing and not losing to the phillies even though i hate the phillies um (laughs) the baseball uh major league baseball's playoff structure is so stupid and it has been for years and Mm -hmm. people have complained and complained and complained because you constantly for at least five or six years now it seems like the top four to six teams entering the playoffs are not making it to not the world series just to the championship games of their divisions um or of their uh, the national league or the american league their leagues i should say um because they wind up having to sit for like seven to ten days before they play baseball and i mean you you cool off and you kind of lose your rhythm and like it's just a really really ridiculous thing and a lot of people don't like it and so I, I reposted something like complaining about the structure and this guy who's a Phillies fan starts trolling me. Oh dear. Yeah. It posts video of him celebrating. I was like, that's not even what I'm talking about, man. You mad, bro? That's what he said. So he's one of those guys. Oh. Uh, and it's supposedly a friend of mine. Oh. Um, so I, I sent him a message privately and was like, hey, man, like. That's not what this is about. Like, just delete your stupid trolling stuff or or I'll delete it. 
And he screenshots our conversation and then posts it and goes, look, this is him being childish. Post it publicly. <laughs> oh, well, and I was just like, interesting. why would you do this? <laughs> so I, wow. I just immediately blocked him. Well, no, actually, I got petty. I sent him a message. This is also a guy, not to get religious, who supposes constantly that like he's always talking about his faith and being wow. Christ-like and like all of this stuff. <laughs> and I just sent him a message. The last thing I sent him was, wow, what an absolute piece of shit you are. And blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a little petty, but like who posts somebody's private conversation? Even if it, even if you think I'm being childish, like you don't even call me childish to my face. You post it publicly. That's crazy. Yeah. I've so, never had that happen where so, <laughs> someone's taken like a private conversation like that and taken it public or posted it publicly. That's crazy. Yeah. It's not the first time it's happened to me. Apparently, huh. I just attract very toxic people. Um, but yet, like just the idea of like somebody saying something negative about you and it kind of like getting back around, you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> And it just demolished because that happens to Roy, right? Even though that oh, is yeah. very public, it's just like I, I I feel so fucking small now. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm. <laughs> I'm trying. I mean, if you haven't, you're like that's so great that you've never had to deal with that. <laughs> no, I mean, I. I'm, I'm trying to think like I think I have but maybe just not in like exactly like the same way I mean there's there's all, I mean there's always something I mean you know same like with things around the office like I mean we all yeah. get angry and kind of shoot off our mouths to someone and then sure enough eventually we'll just shoot it off to the wrong person and then they'll be like oh well so and so said this about you um the most like <laughs> the example that I have <laughs> Uh, I, I don't I don't want to <laughs> like publicly record on a podcast to be honest um but oh, yes yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely happened so yeah. I don't I don't know that I've I don't think I've ever shared that particular story um like recorded and for all to hear so I'm just not gonna <laughs> I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna share that I don't think it would ever get back to that person but that that I mean that would be like the ultimate right me like yeah. airing that on the podcast <laughs> Like, so I listen to your podcast and you never know who listens and you never know who knows about these things. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut, but yes, it has happened. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I think it's worse when it's people you think are not best friends, but like, I thought we were like friendly and, mm -hmm. but I've had it happen to me like with best or family friends. members. Yes. Family. I mean, like, it, unfortunately, it used to happen with my family all the time. So, um, you know, <laughs> that's how you learn your family's toxic. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But work, it, it makes it so much worse at work. Like, yeah. When it's people you have, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. You can choose not to see your family, but it's also usually easier to let that stuff go after a little while. Yeah. Work like that animosity just builds and builds. Like I can't, I cannot imagine like if Roy, if what happens at, towards the end of the episode doesn't happen, 
Roy, like, literally having to come to work every day and seeing this dude who tried to tear down a 17-year-old. I know. You know? I know. It's, I mean, that's, not, like, I, I mean, it's not, like, that exact situation. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I mean, there, I mean, there's so many out there. I work with a lot of people that I don't particularly yeah. like. Like, I, I just, I just do. I just, we don't, we don't see eye eye on anything. I've now worked there for so long that I'm, I'm getting too, probably too cynical, probably too jaded and yeah. feeling like, I don't think I'm like necessarily like being petty per se, but like, I feel like I blow up on things more easy more easily than i should if <laughs> that makes sense so the same i'm like, like you look they look this i don't go into my office man so i don't i mean i know you don't I have, have a choice tell my boss so many times <laughs> like because he won't hear the conversation that i had on the phone with somebody or uh, just whatever i'm just, just like hey man <laughs> like in case this comes up yeah i did it like you know i I don't get like uh belligerent or anything like that but i I do get very wise and very just cynical (laughs) and yeah um what here's what's tying like very specifically into the beginning of this episode uh not to add another me story but it opens with that um what's her name uh I cannot remember her name now. The the singer. Uh the good as hell song. Um I'm John Blank. Um, oh man. She was just on like the Barbie soundtrack. She was just in an episode of the freaking Mandalorian. Okay. Um Lizzo. Yes, Lizzo. It opens with this remix of that Lizzo song. So I worked with this woman. Um Let's just call her Miranda, um, who <laughs> I thought was a friend of mine. Very much so. Always smiling, waving, happy to see me, would just hug me and just talk so nice to me. And then we started working like more closely together. And I found out from some, from some other coworkers, she was actively trying to get me fired. What? Whoa. Yes. Well, that's a twist I didn't see coming. And this song, whenever she was stressed, she would cue it up on her phone and play it endlessly at her cubicle. Oh. Very loudly. <laughs> oh. Well, that's annoying. <laughs> um, I still have to see her uh, from time to time, even though I'll work at night. She's basically responsible for me just going when they asked said do you want to work night shift me going yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i have to get away from that so like it's so hard not to just like to see somebody like that and not just be like why like what is your problem with me why do you act nice to my face and literally have five people telling me like yeah, you know, like, she goes behind you and, like, double-checks everything you do and, like, reports back if she finds any mistakes. Like, who, who's who got time for that? <laughs> oh, I've got a coworker like that, too. Not someone that, you know, walks behind me, per se. But let's just mm-hmm. say they are very e- eager to point out 
people's mistakes and, instead of like I don't know going about it literally any other way. And and not to jump to the end, but like that's one of the things that uh, uh, Trent brings up is like I was insecure about myself and my own abilities, yes. and so I was tearing down somebody else. Like it took me a really yes. long time to realize that that that's what that is. Yep. Um, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent about them. I work um, for a lot of thems. Yeah. <laughs> what now? What frustrates me is that the people in charge cannot see through that kind of bullshit. Oh, that's in well. The people in charge do, that I work for are the people that do that kind of bullshit. But right. God, I don't know what I work work with listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, so Note to anyway. self, do not mention I do a Ted, Ted Lasso podcast to coworkers. <laughs> do not mention. Do not mention. <laughs> I mean, I could just bleep all this out. Um, it's just first first ten minutes. Just it's just one long bleep. I don't cut it. I just bleep it. Um, all right, if so, we have any listeners that will for sure piss them off, it's okay. If uh, and didn't uh, name any names. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's not you. Like if you think it's you, it's not you. It's I not. promise. It's not. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> weird. Speaking of weird coworkers, we get to see Keely like in office, mm-hmm. trying to be, trying to be that boss that's like inspiring and fun and like you know keeps the energy up and (laughs) her immediate like I guess her next level down like whatever I don't know what Barbara's title actually is um she's the CFO remember she just keeps saying it she's my CFO CFO (laughs) chief financial officer (laughs) that's what that means Um, I think that was last week, but yeah, it was, and I can't believe I forgot about it. Um, her her CFO is so basically us, just cynical <laughs> as fuck. Uh huh. Well, I mean, can you blame her? No, I mean, she gets she works for a VC group, and she gets sent to place after place after place to just probably watch them fail. Yeah, I mean, or. You know, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I guess if hope if this VC group is still around, you would you would think that they're making good investments and that, you know, she's not being moving from like failed startup to failed startup. But you never know. We learned some stuff later this season that uh, puts a yeah. dis- puts a different light, shall we say, on on her. <laughs> Keely wants to do a picnic, which is uh... very Keely. <laughs> Yeah, um, but also, if you've ever been anybody's boss or worked in an office, it's just no. Just fucking no. <laughs> yeah, it just reminds me of, like, a company picnic. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's like, no one worst. wants to be here. No one wants to be here. They're usually on, like, a Saturday. It's usually, you know, it's hot. It's like, I have to spend the Saturday with my coworkers. Like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I love Keely's energy and I appreciate anybody that attacks like that kind of position in that kind of way and tries to be positive and upbeat. But yeah, generally, it doesn't really matter how much you're paying somebody. They don't want to be at work when they're not supposed to be at work. <laughs> exactly. Well, and also, like, I get the impression that. The whole did the whole bullpen come in and get a sign from like this 
um, investment group because it seems like it. Because it seems like it. I, doesn't Barbara say something about, oh, I've worked with these people yes. before or something along this those lines? This is as loose as they get. That is yeah. what she tells Keely. There we go. Well, that's not entirely true as we come to find out. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I got to say, I did not like Barbara at all. Like, from the jump of season three, she was one of many, many things that I was like, I don't like any of this. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like Ted Lasso, but like, I come yeah. around in such a weird way. <laughs> um, yeah. Spoilers. No. Barbara doesn't really change. But... Barbara doesn't really change. She doesn't. I think that's what's fascinating about about her character it's not even really an arc it's like a line i don't know you know what i mean it's just she just is but it is it is really interesting to see the start of barbara and then knowing where where we go so we'll we'll you know get there eventually um there's something else i wanted to say and i totally forgot totally forgot because my brain is fried okay well anyway (laughs) continue (laughs) all right so the next thing is ted Coming into the office for the with the biscuits for the boss, and <laughs> Trent Krim is there. Did you think we were going to see Trent Krim again when you first started season three? Absolutely not. I was shocked to see him sitting there. It's like Trent. Yes, <laughs> I was so excited to see him. <laughs> Only to find out that he wants to write a book about Richmond. Dun, and dun, dun. and uh. Rebecca and Higgins and Keeley, who's now there, um, you know, want Ted's approval of this and very like offhandedly try to shut it down, be like, no, this is not a good idea. Um, and but of course, Ted loves Trent and he's just always going to say yes. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I like how this turns around in like two minutes. Yeah. The other way. <laughs> <laughs> that this episode has a lot of uh, I call them Abbott and Costello routines because mm. like the the way the wordplay and the flipping of everything like it, it's very slapsticky without the actual slapstick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abbott and Costello, like if you ever watch any of their old stuff, even though they do the actual slapstick, they're very good at the like gestures and, uh, you know, oh, behind the back kind of things and wordplay and it's like vaudevillian. Um, yeah. and I, I always enjoy that. It, it's silly and goofy, but I just enjoy it so much. I mean, it made me laugh. I I liked I liked the comedic bits, especially because like you can see the wheels turning in in Ted's head. He's just like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, uh, I like that too. It's fun. And Zava comes back up, uh, indeed. Which is it's not the first mention of Zava for the season, um, but it does. This is where we really get the idea that like, oh, this is going to be a major plot line, this this Zava thing. Um, And they uh, Trent gets to add in like he's uh, he's a diva player. You know, he's played in 
I forget, like five clubs in six years or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But he's also amazing. Ted has no idea who the hell Zave is. <laughs> yeah, no. Which is kind of funny in and of itself, his reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the the moment, uh, you know, Rebecca's like, we're not going to do it. it. This is not the way we do things, which, you know, there there's a lot of that with Rebecca across these two episodes of her, like, getting caught up in this idea of, comp- like, where she was last season and following Ted and the heart of it all versus, like, fuck, Rupert's back in the picture, and I just want him to... Uh, maybe literally and uh not so literally die <laughs> um but yeah you know i, I want to crush him either way exactly, his, spirit, yeah. his body like whatever i just want to crush him no which i had kind of forgotten i guess by the end of it i i had forgotten that in the very beginning of the season that she's so that it is so like Rupert focused for her, and it's it's not not in the same way that it was in season one, but it is still like you know an uh, an obsession almost. Yeah, and I'm I like Trent. Mm-hmm. Trent sums it up nicely. He's like, so you're going to pursue a notoriously mercurial, which is a great just word. Great word. I, I can't pronounce it, but mercurial player. Uh, just to piss off your ex-husband. <laughs> and that's the reversal where everybody's on the other side of Trent just going, no, don't answer that truthfully. And she's like, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Trent being Trent, I love that. I know. Um, I fucking love Trent Krim, man. Like, this whole episode, like, I just... I, if I could look like anybody, I think I would look like him. Like Trent. Yeah. I want to wear a fucking suit and white sneakers and look <laughs> cool, man. Like, <laughs> how? <laughs> I feel like only British people could pull that off. Yeah. It, it, like, it has to be, you know? I, I, I feel like if I saw any American sports personality... If I saw Aaron Rodgers, who kind of gets a dig pulled at him literally in the next scene. If I saw Aaron Rodgers mm. in a suit with white sneakers, I'd be like, I got such a douche. <laughs> like, <laughs> just fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. I feel like that is, I don't want to say like accepted, but just like definitely seen very differently um, in Europe than it is in the in the U.S., um, so yeah, the next scene is the, the Ted Keeley, like that whole like roundabout thing. Uh, Ted wants to talk to Keeley. Uh, Keeley wants advice about managing other people, uh, which Ted, Ted gives some good advice, but again, generally like being on a team in sports as a professional athlete getting paid, probably a lot different than, I just want to come to this cubicle, do what I have to do, and go home. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. That's that's going to be like quite a bit different. Uh, and Keely says maybe she'll get some ayahuasca and oh go like whatever out in the wilderness, and they'll all take ayahuasca and uh, do whatever. 
which I feel like is definitely a dig at Aaron Rodgers because that's like this came out about a year or so after his whole like what I'm going to do in the offseason is, you know, take a bunch of mind altering drugs, go to the middle of nowhere and then make my decision on what I want to do. Um, which, if you don't follow American football, is it, it's a whole story. Like it, it, he's an idiot. So, but hey, he he made twenty five million dollars. He played four plays this season. Probably had a career ending injury, even though he says it isn't, and and he's going to make twenty five million dollars. So maybe I'm the fucking idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I yes, my my husband's a big Packers fan, so I've heard. I haven't. I don't know that I remember hearing about this particular story, but I do know more about Aaron Rodgers than I normally would or would care to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for someone who's not big on NFL football, I love college football, but I'm not big on NFL football. Yeah, Rodgers just got weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. Like the more he talked, the more it's just like somebody stopped putting a mic in front of this dude, man. <laughs> like just so bizarre. Um, I just know him from all those commercials he does. I mean, I, I used I to love the guy. Like all of that stuff I was like oh he's so charming And then like they really started interviewing him And I was just like oh wait no He's still kind of charming Of course he's very good looking But oh my god like It's like hearing the the NBA players Talk about how the earth is flat And I'm like please stop putting a mic in front of these guys Oh dear Oh man, yeah. I, I just I, I I googled this and it's just there's <laughs> just new story after new story yeah. after new story. <laughs> like it's like it's just kind of wild. Yeah, he like took a bunch of ayahuasca, went to like a yurt in the middle of nowhere, and then it's like okay, but then somehow still came like he he did this like multiple years in a row, I think, and somehow just kept getting better. I don't like good for you, I guess, man. I guess if it's working, you know. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Isaac tells Keely he wants a shoe deal, not any brand, just a general deal with shoes, which is really funny. Um, it is very funny. He's sometimes not the uh, sharpest tool in the shed. Nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it does get us to the. Uh, it's so funny because that's so dumb. But then. Five seconds later, he's talking to with Jamie at the water cooler and mm-hmm. can recognize the body language between Roy and Keely and be like, they broke up. Yeah, good, good point. And then there's that. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's just really good at reading people. Yeah, it's 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 not necessarily an emotional intelligence, but like like that intelligence is somewhere. It's not in <laughs> like common sense areas, though. Yeah, no, no, it's not, it's not like book smarts, that's for sure. Um, And then Jamie being, uh, first of all, when this happened, given mm. how we kind of ended last season with Jamie confessing his feelings, I was like, shit, Jamie's about to make a play on Keeley. Like, I 100% thought that's where it was going. Same. And he doesn't. He follows Roy into, into the, uh, it's the boot room, right? Yes. Uh, and they have this weird little heart-to-heart, like, where Jamie is trying to be, uh, 
like supportive and uh, empathetic, and Roy is of course being Roy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very sweet. It's it's like it's like watching a child try to comfort their parent when it's just like the parents like what what is happening. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's a really good way to put it. Um, I loved this. I loved this scene. I loved everything Me too. about it. It was, it was, it was, it was funny. It was sweet. It was endearing. When he tries I, to hug him. Yes, I just, <laughs> I absolutely love their dynamic, and where where it ends up going. I just, I love, I love them to. I love them. Yeah. they're so great. <laughs> I love their relationship. <laughs> It's so interesting because of what happened at the end of last season and how 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 far Jamie has come. And even though Roy has come maybe just as far, he still has to be Roy. Yes. About it all. Like, he just cannot not be. Like, he hugged Jamie in that locker room at the end of last season. That's true. But when Jamie tries to hug him, it's like he wants to head buddy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's he's not not used to used to that from him, I guess. And, he's still skeptical. And we also find out that Roy dumped Keely. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Right. I know. I orig- I I did I'm I must confess I di- I did not see that coming. I uh I definitely thought that she she would be the one to break things off, and I was wrong. Yeah, I, I thought wrong. it would, especially considering like the halfway conversation they had uh, in the first episode. I thought we were mm-hmm. going to get more of like at least them saying, "Oh, it was mutual." Them both kind of just saying that. Yes. But uh, I thought we were always going to get a scene where Keely basically talked about how Roy just got more distant and she was just like i can't do this anymore because that's who roy is you know yeah and instead it's roy and we'll talk about it more at the end it's roy apparently that was like i can't do this and Mm -hmm. so i i have to walk away um and roy threatens jamie to not say a word and then we get (laughs) maybe (laughs) it's it's a callback, but it's a it's a callback to literally something that happened in the last episode is that they keep having these moments in the boot room and William is always in there. I know. Well, because he's supposed to be. That's he's the <laughs> kit man. That's where all the stuff happens. And they've used this as their like confidence yeah. <laughs> closet. I don't know what else to call it. Like it's just it's like they go in there to share all these secrets and then they're always surprised when he's in there. <laughs> but Jamie immediately becoming Roy and just being like, "Don't you fucking say a word either, William." Oh, I know. He's like, "You, oh, oh, yeah, maybe." He said, "Maybe we could all go get a drink." Uh, <laughs> he calls it like the Broken Hearted Club, <laughs> so oh Broken Hearted Boys Club, or something like that. Oh and like, oh, oh no, no, and they just walk out and leave him. Oh my gosh, he's. Uh, it's so funny. He's he's just as awkward as as Nate was in those like early stages, and it's it's very endearing. Um. So the the next scene is the whole like Ted is reading the inverted pyramid book, um, yep. but he can't get past the table of contents. 
<laughs> I know that made me laugh. Um, which uh, I didn't have it in my notes, but I've, I've watched a little bit ahead because I've watched this season so few times. I think I've only seen it all the way through twice. Um, that's something that comes back up in the uh, we mentioned it last episode. The Amsterdam episode is mm-hmm. Ted and this pyramid book. So like planting the seeds here now I can see it, but I, it at the time it felt like, what the hell is this scene about? Like, yeah, okay. yeah, that's true. And it's like, oh, nah, nah, a few, year, few years in, you decided to take this coaching job pretty seriously, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Finally learned the sport. Uh, Ted brings up Zava to Beard. Um, Beard's reactions in this episode are just brilliant. Mm-hmm. The, 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 that little scream he does is so good. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> Is this is this the scene where he's like out of the room and then comes back in? Yeah, like it builds up to that. Like he does the it's three times. So he does the scream here when he mentions Zava. He's okay. like, We're getting Zava. And then like then the locker room's like erupting and they have to go out and be like, What's going on? And uh Ted's like, guys, 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 if this is about us getting Zava. Uh, and they're like, what? We're getting Zava. And he's like, oh, Ted's... St- oh, right. It's, again, uh, Abbott and Costello routine where it, he's talking about Zava. They don't understand that. Then he mentions, oh, is this about Trent Krim writing a book? They didn't know about that. And he's like, what was it about? And they're like, wait, Trent Krim's writing a book about Zava? Why would Trent Krim be... Re-? And it's this whole wordplay routine that's... <laughs> It's silly. It's silly as hell, but oh my God, do I love that stuff. It's It turns into like utter chaos in that room for like several minutes. And like, I, I literally don't know how they actually pulled this off. <laughs> like, cause it has to be scripted, but it, it yeah. just, it was wild to me. Uh, and that's when uh, they're like, no, we're upset because Roy and Keeley broke up. Then Beard does the scream again. Ted <laughs> faints. Yes. <laughs> Then Roy comes in, and uh, everybody's like, "Oh!" <laughs> and Roy gets pissed at Jamie. Jamie's like, I didn't say anything. Uh, and then Ted and Roy have this back and forth about, do you want to talk about it? Talk about <laughs> what? I don't want to talk about me and Keely. Oh, no, I meant us getting Zava. <laughs> We're getting Zava? Like, it, it, it's so fun. And just, the t- it's the timing, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's I really don't- well done. Yeah, I don't know how you do that without, like, I would crack. I would crack every single time. <laughs> well, I guess that's why we're not professional actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's true. A, it's, it's, I agree. It's impressive. I wonder how, how long it took them to get those takes without breaking. Oh, yeah, I want to see the outtakes for this episode specifically. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh. There's the the scene where uh, Ted tells William to go to his uh, loft, oh. get look in his drawer, get the CD that says Ted's uh, breakup mix, yes. and William goes, "What's the CD?" Yes, yes. Beard says, "I'm on it." Walks out of the room. Ted throws his keys and hits him in the back. He's like, "My keys, coach." And he goes, "I have a set." And <laughs> And then uh, 
it's funny because Beard walks out of the office, like he goes through Ted's office, which if you know the layout, through Ted's office, then through uh, Roy's office, out into the hallway, and then he's walking, you can't see him, but he's walking back past the locker room when mm-hmm. Roy says, I broke up with her, and Beard slides back into the scene like he's Kramer from Seinfeld and does the scream for a third time. Like, I, that one was the funniest to me. But yeah. That, that was so funny. Describing it does it absolutely zero justice. It's one of the most well-timed, scripted, like, dialogue, physical kind of things that the show has ever done. It is. And there's, I mean, there's definitely cuts within those scenes. And I don't know that they're necessarily, like, cuts as in they stopped filming. It's just, like, they cut to, like, they cut to different footage. But yeah, it was it was it was very well timed. So I don't know if that if that was like parts of that were like all in one take or if they had to like start him going and like if they really did film it separate. Like, I mean, the timing is is wild. So I don't know if they would have been able to actually actually pull that off. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and it's it gets a button which makes it even better. Like the button joke on the scene is Roy going, this day can't possibly get any worse. And in comes Trent Krim with Higgins. And <laughs> Higgins is like, hey, everyone, this is Trent Krim. He's going to be writing a book about Richmond. And Roy is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he threatens the entire locker room. <laughs> He's going to put his head through their chest. Uh, if they talk to Crint, to Crint, to Trent, Crim. <laughs> um, oh my God. It's such a good scene. Um, and I, then I guess really there's a button on the button because like Danny is so excited. He's just an excited person, but like he's so excited about Zava uh, and the possibility there. And like, he's just happy and uh Trent says something and Danny Danny's like celebrates and everybody looks at him and he just gets real serious and goes, oh, fuck off, Trent Krim. I know. Which was kind of surprising coming from Danny. <laughs> and it made me laugh. Um, so from there we go to Keeley's shoot, which is really only notable because it's the introduction of Shandy. Yes. Another character that like I'm going to bring this up so many times, Uh, especially this episode. Like, we get more Barbara, who we got in the first episode, who I'm like, I don't care about this character. Why are we spending time with her? We get introduced to Shandy, and I'm just like, immediately, like, why? We don't need another character. Who is this? I feel like Barbara. (laughs) Like, Uh why is she here? I, I mean, I kind of agree. Um, we know that they're not going to stop there, but I won't say yeah. anything more about that. Um, I will say this very vaguely. They really went hard on really fleshing out the Keely storyline, almost as if to make it like her show. She gets so it gets so fleshed out this season. Yeah. And I am with you, especially knowing where we end up. I I, I wish, I really, really wish they had scaled that back. I don't think we needed that I in agree. season three. I wish they would have saved it for 
the spinoff that I assume is coming. Yeah, I agree. Um, I love Keeley. I do too. Just like I love all the characters, but yeah, there are a handful of episodes, at least two, that go so big on the Keeley storyline. And I just had a hard time. Caring's not the right word. I was just like, I, this is not what I want to watch. Like, I'm way more interested in what's going on with the team, what's going on with Ted. Like, we don't get any follow up here uh, with the cliffhanger from la- from the premiere about Ted finding out that his wife has a friend, yep. Jake. You know, there's no follow up to that in this episode. Um, but we do get. Uh, y- it is kind of fun, like the the Shandy thing. Um, so Shandy comes up with this idea for the shoot, and mm-hmm. Keely immediately is just like, "Oh, like I got out," and you. She was just telling me how inspiring it was. Here's my chance to help somebody mm-hmm. who was on that same path as me, and it's kind of, again. It would be an interesting storyline if this show were called Keeley Jones and not Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I appreciate what they were trying to to do with it. Um, I don't understand how it go. Like, I don't understand why they take it the way they do in the future, I suppose. Um, but we'll get there. Um but I liked, I mean, I really liked that that bit where they're like, okay, this is, you know, this is clearly your chance to help someone out. I mean, she showed an aptitude for knowing, like, what to do. Like, she's been involved in these situations so many times. Like, she, you know, she kind of gets it. She knows the lay of the land. And I, I liked that part about it. And so, yeah, it just, I, I don't like where they end up going with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's like it was like why introduce it in the first place like you know it felt like so what my thought process has been this was them trying to pay off the advice that rebecca gave her at the end of last season which was hire your best friend but the problem is this is not her best friend <laughs> no no like as good an idea as, like, use a strobe light, it'll make it look like there's more people. As good an idea as that is, that is not a, like, game-changing, like, it, it's just, it, it's the, uh, it's the idiot with the one good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of what it ends up feeling like. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, not to jump ahead, but like she does hire her own. I forget whatever title Barbara winds up giving her. That's a, that's a, the scene I do like is when, mm-hmm. uh, Keely tells Barbara that like, Hey, we're hiring her and Barbara just, I don't like that. She demeans her the way she does to her face, but not to her face. Yeah. Um, but it leads to that scene with her and Keely in Barbara's office where we find out that uh, Barbara, like we said earlier, has just been shipped from like company to company. And all she sees is just another group of people that probably aren't going to last. A, first and foremost, because the person running the office hired somebody with no real kind of uh, experience. Mm-hmm. seemingly no intelligence 
and just off a half-assed idea, you know? Yeah. She, cause, I mean, because she's eager to, she's eager to mm-hmm. not prove herself. I mean, maybe maybe Shandy should have been, but um, yeah, I think she she really she really wants to help, and she's seeing an opportunity where maybe there really isn't one. Yeah. Um, somewhere in there, we get a scene with Rebecca skyping or or zooming with her mom, and we mm. get our first mention this season, at least of. Tish the psychic, uh, psychic. Who, who came up a few times when her mom has been in she's always talking about my psychic my psychic I think I think she came up in season one and mm-hmm. probably again in season two um, yeah I, she definitely came up in season two I love that her mom is like I really want you to see Tish because I think you could really use some maternal guidance <laughs> oh my god like, right. thanks, mom. <laughs> right. Her mom is uh, such a train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I, she she has to let her go so she can go outside to do scream therapy. Yeah, she has to rest her voice. Yeah. So she can scream. She's like, but you called me. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um. So. Roy and Trent are sharing an office, which is fun. <laughs> uh, I love, I, I I love Roy making anybody uncomfortable, uh, even if it's Trent. Even though I love Trent, um, but I I <laughs> this scene I specifically remember when the episode aired, people losing their minds because Roy has a bunch of like I'm sorry balloons <laughs> and a card. That says there are plenty. It's a C with a bunch of fish on the front of the card, and there's plenty, plenty of fish in the C. Signed, uh, Lisa or Liza. I'm not sure how she pronounces it. And people were just like, "Who is this? Roy has a secret crush. Oh my God, who is it?" Uh, so it's actually if is it in season one where there's an older lady holding a door for Ted. And Ted says, uh, or coming out of the uh, the back of the building, I think. And Ted says, way to keep that ice bucket challenge alive. Mm-hmm. That's her. Okay. So I, I just thought it was funny because people were like, so when the episode aired, people were like, oh, my God, was that the teacher's name? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> it's the lady that, that had the ice because I'd seen episode so many times (laughs) that's hilarious um well good i'm glad you could clear that up because i was wondering i was like wait who is that yeah because it it feels to me like it has to be apparent that it's just everybody around the club but i didn't they never very rarely feature another woman other than you know like rebecca really or keely and so yeah i was i was like wait who is that okay so um, i'm glad you have watched this so many times that you actually know who that is Um, yeah, unfortunately, um, but I, I do like the idea and it comes into play later that Roy and Keely were like, like William and Kate almost of this, this, this like subsection of England. (laughs) Like they were not hugely famously, you know, a celebrity couple, but for like this group of people, 
they were the celebrity couple. Like, they're gonna make it, you know? And, like, everybody is just devastated that they broke up. It really reminded me of um, uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Of when they split and what a big deal that was. To me, that felt, like, <clears throat> on par. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, so eventually we get to the first match where an episode and a half into season three, the final season of Ted Lasso, and we get our first match, which is, uh, well, actually before that, we get a fun moment with Trent and Roy, with Trent trying to bury the hatchet Mm -hmm. and Roy very politely telling him to fuck off once again. Um, but uh, we get our first match, which is uh, versus Chelsea, Roy's uh, old team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. it's we talked about a little bit in season one and maybe a little bit in season two. I think this is the roughest the football has ever looked. It looks so fake to me. Yeah, it looks um, choreographed. Yeah. Yeah, it it does because you can tell that most of the shots are act, most of the shots are actually of the actors. Yeah. Um, and because I I was kind of like paying attention to that, and I was like, there's no cause like there, normally you know there's like a very obvious cut or they're only showing like their legs. You know what I mean? Like some some way that they you know that they get to splice and dice footage, but these are like one shots and they're you know, just kind of like slowly following them as they like run down the field. And it's kind of like in slow-mo where they've like slowed everything down a bit. And so I was like, well, that's, that's interesting. So yeah, it, that's why to me it felt very choreographed. Now I think, I mean, a few of these guys are are definitely athletes and, you know, especially like um, the actor who plays Jamie Tart growing up in the UK, I'm sure he actually, you know, has grown up playing football. And so the guy that played Danny. He played football. But he, yeah, no, like I mean, he was like a, a legit player. I don't yeah. think we see him. Do we see him? We, I definitely remember Jamie crossing the ball to Sam. Yeah, and I think um, Jamie, to, Sam, and um, Colin. Uh, Colin, yeah, yeah. And I know I'm. I don't remember. I've listened to the interview that Brett Goldstein does with Tahib Jamo, who plays Sam Obasanya. I can't remember if he said he played football like in school and stuff. But he's also, you know, grew up in the UK. So I feel like kind of believable that um, I cannot remember the actor's name that plays Jamie Tart to save my life. Um, but I feel Me believable either. that he could get a cross off to say, yeah. I can't remember if there's a cut in there or they, they could probably pretty creatively like fix that in post, if that makes sense. But where it, like it gets the ball to him. But I also kind of believe that the actors could do that if it were well enough, like slow enough and well enough choreographed. And that's how it felt. It felt very choreographed. I, I, maybe it's just me. I just preferred the, like those smash cuts, the not seeing, I I get that you like want to show off like, Oh, look, we can actually make it the actual actors or even if it's just like some CGI stuff where you had, you know, their face on somebody else's, but whatever it is, I, I don't know. I just prefer the more like grittier well, stuff. Well, it was all slow-mo. It yeah. wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't like watching an actual 
match. Whereas when they do like the the faster footage, the grittier footage, it's more like you're actually watching the game. This was very produced. Yeah. Um, and I just, I didn't, I don't love it. I think it gets better as the season goes, but I, I really did not love the, the, the Chelsea match in this episode. It also like literally we get 30 seconds and then it's halftime. 30 yeah. seconds of ball. And then yeah, it's we did halftime. not get a lot. They, I mean, they, they showed like those, basically like those two things that we just described. And then that was it. Uh, we do get Roy being welcomed back to Chelsea, which is really sweet. And also the, cool. the groundskeeper, uh, like Roy kind of giving him a hard time and him being like, I'm sorry to hear about you and Killian. He's like, fucking like everybody knows. <laughs> that made me laugh too. Um, but then Zava shows up and of course all the attention's off of Roy and on Zava, uh, which I, yep. maybe th- this is the first time we see Zava unless we saw him in like, some, oh no, we see that video in Ted's office uh, where uh, Beard's like, you know who Zave is. And it's just that him headbutting that dude trying to rob the convenience store or whatever, uh, which is really yeah. kind of funny. Um, God, that actor, that actor is a big dude. Yeah. He is so big. It blows my mind every time. The scene with him and Rebecca, who is already a very tall woman and is wearing heels, mm-hmm. I believe, in that scene. And he's still, like, two or three inches taller than her. Yeah, no, he's 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 a big guy. Do you, um, are you, are you familiar with him at all? Uh, he yeah, he was be. on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. He was. Do you know who he's married yeah. to? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to butcher her name. Uh, Deacon Lockman. Oh, okay, yeah. I did yeah. not know that. He is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've seen them at Dragon Con before. A very, one of the, the better actor panels I've, I've been on. I've been to. They were they were they were great. They're just <laughs> it was just the two of them. And they're talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. mostly. But um, I've been a big, a big fan of him uh, since then. But yeah, yeah, he's six foot four. Oh, man. Uh, um, wanting wanting him is. She's so, also voicing, speaking of other people and other projects, she's voicing a character on some new show called Crapopolis. Crapopolis? Yeah, on Fox. It's a Dan Harmon show, the guy that kind of uh, helped uh, jumpstart Rick and Morty. Because uh, okay. the guy that co created Rick and Morty is, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to get into all that, but apparently that's, he's a piece of a shit. So <laughs> that's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's 5'11". But anyway, yeah, I saw her uh, promoting that show at one point, and I was like, oh, hey. The hills probably add, what, an inch? Oh, no, she's wearing Louboutins, at least two, maybe three. Okay. So, so yeah, she's like 6'1", six, 6'2", six, and he's probably got on boots, so that, that probably adds a little bit. So, yeah, he's a good two to three inches taller than her still. I'm like, mm-hmm. holy shit, that dude mm-hmm. is huge. <laughs> he's a big guy. Super sweet, big guy. Um, so we basically find out that so Rupert sh- Rupert shows up at the match as well. So uh, Higgins has jinxed it, just like Rebecca called earlier, which we didn't really talk about. But Higgins has this oh, yeah. whole like weird network of <laughs> spies, <laughs> like that, that's a running thing in this episode. Like 
Um, call your wife's masseuse or whatever yeah, it was. It, it's such a bizarre thing. Um, but it's really funny every time he launches into the <laughs> this person's, this person's, this person's, this person. Um, Saul, so, uh, Zava's masseuse mouthing the words Chelsea over and over and over again because they read lips and it's <laughs> so bizarre. Um, but Higgins was so sure he was going to sign with Chelsea. That's why he's there. But uh, now uh, Rebecca's convinced he is going to sign um, with uh, Man City and uh, our, but it, uh, yeah. But wait, how, no. What, no. West it's Ham. West Ham. Sorry. Man City was the team that Jamie played for, um, right? Yes, man. Yes, yeah. Jamie. Yeah, Jamie was originally technically on loan for Man City. They transfer him and right. tra- they transfer him back. And then he left to do that TV show and they yeah. declined <laughs> to bring him back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he he's she's now convinced and she's going to go confront him, uh, which she she can't really do. Uh, she can't get through, but she does run into Rupert and that brings this whole like a face-to-face in a way that we haven't seen them face-to-face before more on equal ground and she even though he does get his jabs and they are very painful like she holds up well and takes her own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she does which I was pretty pretty impressed with but he he always gets that final one i mean mm-hmm. at the very end you just you see the look on her face and i'm like oh yeah. he did that, it he got to you you were doing so good and i was so proud of you and, and then he then he then he yeah. found his way in uh, yeah the whole because she hits him with the like i can't believe you bought west ham because i i always thought that this club was your life your heart and your soul you know and mm-hmm. He says, well, you know, like any man, I just get tired of the same old, same old, um, which is worded very carefully because, uh, you know, he, it's a whole thing about the old Rebecca, you know, it, it's, yeah, um, I, yes. I just wish she would have decked him, but I, she doesn't. Um, it was the, yeah, what does he say? Something like tiring of old things or something like that. I forget what he says, I forget what he says but. I do like that they gave him a straight up villainous outfit for this season. True. True. Like it he always, matter. always wearing the black suit. Right. But they, they literally gave him a fucking like Darth Vader cape oh, <laughs> with yeah, that jacket. Right. Oh, that's right. The jacket. And like, he wears it so much this season. He does. Um, Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in the locker room, they're down one nil and Ted's trying to bounce them back. But nobody will talk because Trent Krim is in the room. Mm-hmm. So he forces Roy to squash his beef with uh, Trent Krim and also very funnily explains what the hell Hallmark movies are. <laughs> <laughs> Which he's right. They're terrible, but they're good. But they're also just terrible. Just terrible. Um, so we find out that uh, Trent 
in his early um, writing days or reporting days, uh, wrote an article about uh, Roy when he joined the league at 17 and basically just, you know, saying this hot headed 17 year old kid is not what he thinks he is and not what everybody else thought he was. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Roy has kept this thing in his wallet for how old do we think Roy is now? Um, Mid thirties, late thirties, mid to late thirties, 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) Almost crazy. That's crazy to me. Um, it reminds me of a story that Kevin Smith likes to tell. Uh, maybe not, not so much anymore. Um, but when he was in school, he like used to write like skits and stuff like that and was kind of a class clown. And one of his teachers wrote him a letter that basically said, you will never amount to anything. No, Uh, no, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't a teacher. It was an ex-girlfriend's mother. Sorry. I got that wrong. Said Kevin Smith will never, uh, amount to anything, something to that effect. And he framed it. And like used it as this like motivational tool, which I can appreciate that. I see that Roy also did that, but he held on to that animosity so hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's in his wallet. It's like constantly with him. I mean, how many times a day do you reach into your wallet for something? I mean, and it's there, man, It's there all the time as a reminder for the last 15, 20 years, something like that. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's that like is... literally keeping a photo of like your not not your like uh, it was my high school crush ex girlfriend like that one severely toxic relationship you were in. You know, mm. it's just like I'm gonna keep this photo right here. So every time I open my wallet, I'm like, oh yeah, that person that almost ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a it's like a weird cautionary tale. Um, but I mean, he he airs it out and Mm -hmm. very very quickly it just dissolves yeah which i like i like that he gets it off his chest and gets that closure and uh it it, because it's so many years later i think it's easy for trent to maybe not easy but i mean he doesn't i I mean it helps that trent's just like i was a kid like, I, yeah. I was unsure. Like I said earlier, we were talking about it. I, I, he was unsure of his own ability. And, you know, I I, 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 keep, I feel like I keep making things about me. But as somebody who's literally written criticism, not paid, but criticism about other things, mm-hmm. like, it is really, really easy to tear things apart. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I can see all the faults in this. And it makes you feel like you're writing something worthwhile. It's a lot fucking harder to be like, yeah, this isn't that great. But, like, here's all the things that are really good about it. Because we we just, I don't, I don't know what it is about us. We're just better at, like, ne- this negative deconstruction thing. Yeah. No, it is. It's, it's easier. It's easier to do a lot of times. And I think... That's not really like a good thing. I mean, for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, not we've at all, all. I mean, we've all done it. We've we've all been there. So it's just I I, I I'm just glad that they didn't draw it out any further than they did. I'm glad that it kind of 
it had its space within the episode, so it didn't feel rushed, but it got resolved. So we didn't have to hold on to it for the whole season. Yep. Um, I, I completely agree. And Trent owning his part of it is like, that's a huge, there's nothing worse than confronting somebody with something that even if it's not printed in paper, you know that they said, and they're just deny, 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 instead of just being like, look, I said it, I was in a bad place. I'm sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do like Roy's like, well, we we both agreed on one on, on each other's abilities. Like we're both shitty at our jobs or something like that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Rebecca confronts Zava, like we said, in the uh, men's restroom um, and just tears him a new asshole. Which is great. She takes all that rage she wanted to unleash on Rupert. And just. She's like you are such a chicken shit. Like you're going to go to a team. Where you know you can win. They don't need you. You don't matter. Because you doubt your abilities that much. Like you're just going to keep on being a diva. And. uh, You know she storms. It tells him he eats too much asparagus. Which I like asparagus. Um, I probably <laughs> eat too much asparagus too. Um, I do too. But, I like it. It's good. Um, <laughs> and she's convinced that she's blown it. Oh yeah. Um, meanwhile, the team comes out of the locker room and manages to walk away with a uh, a tie. Which yeah, which, you know, which ends up being kind of surprising. You're like, oh, okay. Well, we we did turn it around. Would you look at that? Which means that they get a point in the standings, I think. Yes, they still get a point. Yes. Um, so it, it's it's better than losing, of course, always. But, yes. um, you know, and becomes this kind of like weird moral victory for them. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, because that's the whole thing. Everybody's convinced they're going to, you know, yeah. finish in last. And at least, you know, at least they came out with a point. A goal off Dandy's head, no less. His face. His face. That is not a proper header, but it counts. (laughs) It wasn't intentional, but it counts. (laughs) Um, And then we get Zava's press conference in which he announces that he is going to join Richmond. (laughs) I just, I love the way that that all gets turned around. I mean, starting with like Rebecca's confrontation to Mm -hmm. Rupert's smugness to just everybody thinking they know exactly what's going to happen and then they turn it on its head. I mean, like, we clearly saw that's where it was going. Otherwise, why would they even bother introducing this whole storyline? Um, I think, but, you know, it was it was fun. I love him looking at that, that owner of Chelsea and just being like, can I keep this pin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, that feels like an improvised moment. I like, mean, Possibly. Just straight up. Um, so, of course, everybody except one person is stoked that they're getting Zava. The the I didn't even mention the bar scene with them dressed up. That was kind of cute and really funny. Um, that was very cute. brief. I, I, uh, I was like, hey, at least we're all dressed up. I thought that was funny. yeah. Um, everybody's stoked for getting Zava, except Jamie. Yeah. Who, it is an ego thing, for sure. But also, 
even watching this, I'm like, I'm kind of with Jamie. Like, you can win without him. What is going on? Everybody's losing sight of the goal. Agreed. I agree. I was I was totally on Jamie's side. And he, I don't, I mean, I think a little bit it's ego, but not too much. I mean, I think he's he's probably not happy that he's clearly about, you know, to be, to be upstaged because he's been mm-hmm. the star, right? But at the same time, I, I I believe what he says. He's like, you all are not going to like this because he knew how they all reacted to him. And Zava is like that times 100. <laughs> so when I first watched this, I thought the joke was, and maybe that's all it was. I thought the joke was, because Jamie says the fans are not going to like this. And then immediately cuts to the people in the bar celebrating that Zava's coming to Richmond and singing and just so happy. And now I watch, I've watched it two or three times in the last two weeks. And now I'm just like, oh, he's not talking about those people. Mm-hmm. That's totally meta. And he's 100% right because I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> In, in hindsight, like I'm, I'm totally okay. Um, much like um, the night stuff, I guess that's not too spoilery. In hindsight, I'm like, okay, I see what you are doing. Yeah. At the time, I'm just like, what the fuck is happening to this show? Yeah, I know you. Yeah, you were a little bit. You, I think, were more worried about it than I was. Yeah. You're just like nothing's happening. I don't really know what's happening. Or, like, you were, yeah, you were watching. I was just like, oh my, you're like, I haven't had a chance to catch up. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how they're going to do this. This is the last season. What is going on? I know. But then I think I watched like four or five all at once. And I think by the time I had watched the, the first four, which is when it starts to turn a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. you, I think you had just watched Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and a big I, one. Yeah. I, I was, I was so... I, I, they 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 write the cart so well. Um, so the the episode ends with this really interesting scene in Ted's office where it it's it's like this everybody saying goodnight moment, which not something we get a lot of in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, uh, Beard has to go because he's going to some play with Jane. About menstrual cycles um, To which Ted makes the joke Which I swear to God I mean I guess it's okay I'm a dude Maybe I, I did not catch Ted's joke For like the first three watches I literally just caught it The last time I rewatched it uh, Beard goes to leave and he goes Well I hope you're not late <laughs> um, Which is really funny um, It is very funny uh Roy uh he, Ted asked Roy how it felt to be back in Chelsea and we like Roy doesn't want to open up no and but he does he's so worried about Trent and he starts talking about how it was sad and how the last game he uh the last season he played there um I, he might even say it was his last game. Um, like 
they went out, they played Arsenal, they went out, they beat them three nil. And he's like, but I played like shit. And I knew that that was the end. And I just announced that I was leaving and everybody was surprised. And, and it is like the truth of what happened, but it's also Roy literally explaining why he did what he did. Like he was so scared of everything going on with Keeley and so unsure of his own ability to just enjoy the moments and worried that he just wouldn't be able to keep up and he wouldn't be enough that he quit instead of just enjoying himself. Yeah. Or maybe even just like continuing to put in the work, right? knowing that maybe if you're, you know, thinking about it from like the football perspective, knowing he maybe wouldn't see as much time. And then if you put that through the relationship perspective, maybe knowing that him and Keely would have a little bit more time together. So they might have to work a little bit harder to make things work that it, you know, might be more difficult with the longer hours they're both having to put in, but he didn't want to do it. Yeah. So he just quit. And he didn't want to, he, I guess, risk it going south and risk her breaking up with him instead. And so he just called it. Yeah. And, and it's such this like, sad bittersweet kind of thing and he leaves and then we get this kind of like sweet moment with trent and ted and trent just basically says it he's like sports is a hell of a metaphor Mm. yeah and that's exactly what the whole story was um and i honestly don't think i put that together the first time i watched it i I don't think I put it together the second time I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad we're having this conversation. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like we don't get to see Roy open up often. And the fact that he does it to Ted and in front of somebody he basically once considered his mortal enemy. Right. um, I always forget that Trent is in that scene, but Trent is in that scene. Yeah. It's so it's the progress that we like we knew he was making like we were talking about earlier in the boot room like we know roy has made some like emotional progress but he cannot like show it and this is like part of that like Mm -hmm. even when he says i just can't enjoy myself but that's who i am and ted's like yeah that's who you are now like you can't enjoy yourself not yet but like we'll get there you know Mm -hmm. and to roy's so cynical he's just like yeah whatever and leaves um but it it ends with this like this is for all the like weird stuff that can happen in the show this is maybe the most baffling ending to an episode to me because it just ends on ted just going "Mm mm-hmm and i'm like is what is that (laughs) It's the most bizarre ending. It's like either they put too much into the episode or like didn't have any clear breaking point. Like it just it was was weird. Like even if it was just Ted standing up, walking out of the office, flipping off the light and then credits like that makes sense to me. But it's just this like 
slow kind of zoom in on Ted, just kind of slowly nodding his head alone in his office. <laughs> and he just says, mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode. And I'm like, I, I don't know what, like, I don't know why you end it like that. But I mean, it's fine. It just, it, it's not the way, the way this show tends to end is like with on a moment. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of a moment. It's just a weird one. Do you think he was drawing some sort of parallels between his own situation? With, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, I don't, it doesn't fit like perfectly. You have to make some leaps to get there. But given the conversation about sports being a metaphor and he came over here to take the job to give his wife space, which is like completely ridiculous. I don't know. I, I think I'm really stretching. No, I don't think you are. I don't think you are. Unfortunately, I don't know that that scene actually, it, it, it doesn't I mean, really just convey says, it mm-hmm. that well. It doesn't. I mean, you, you, get, you get like nothing out of it. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I can see that absolutely being the intention behind it is him like reflecting on himself. Yeah. I just don't think what happens really conveys it. No, um, I agree. Yeah. So, uh, funny bits, favorite jokes. I think I've I think I've said a lot of them already. Oh, I mean, we've talked about most of them. Um, I mean, like Will just awkwardly being yes. in the boot room during that conversation was one. Um, I know I've mentioned several through What's the episode. CD? Oh my gosh, that one! That one killed me. Literally <laughs> laughed out loud. And then like the whole sequence after that with Beard leaving and yeah. throwing the keys. I mean, just so funny. I, a lot of stuff in the beginning was very funny. I mean, we talked through a lot of it. The announcer stuff really got me in this episode. Oh, the announcer stuff was really good. There's the... Um, oh, like, it's something where he, he talks about what part when, of my body haven't I scored with when, or something. Yeah, when Danny scores, he's like, he's he scores off of his face. And he says, have you ever scored off of your face? And he says, what are you talking about? I've scored with every part of my body. It's like, oh my god, man! And then when they come out of the half, and he uh, he says, uh, "Do you think they made any adjustments at the half?" And he says, "Well, you know, football players aren't above making adjustments at any point in the game." <laughs> Talking about what, how they are always—I mean, just sports people are always just grabbing themselves. Uh huh. I mean, like uh-huh. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's that stuff was funny. I love I love the double entendre. Um, the, uh, he says uh, when they're talking about Zava, he says, "What are you hearing, Chris?" And Chris says, "I hear a lot of things." He's like, "I heard the crowd." And he just starts describing <laughs> everything he hears. He said, "I also hear a loud ringing sound in my ears because I hit my head earlier." <laughs> it's so <laughs> just out there, man. Um, it, it's yeah. It all of that stuff made me laugh. It it's like they just said, "How crazy can we make these guys?" Because it's been so like low level, kind of nutty, like stuff in the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. They went like full on like old men in the Muppets theater. <laughs> like just, <laughs> it was pretty funny. They had they had they had some good stuff. It, but it's like you got to be like listening for it, or you or you miss it. Yeah. It's so quick. Um, and, of course, it, it's British, so if you're not used to, you're like, what did they say? It, um, that's true. So, spoilers for future stuff, very briefly. 
we get our first mention of the avocado farm in this episode. Which yes, we do. <laughs> comes out, turns out to be one of the odd, oddly bigger points in the Zava storyline. Which is just so weird. It but is. Anyway, we'll get there. And when I can remember all of the points other than the fact, I, I distinctly remember the scene with him showing up with a giant box of avocados. Yeah, and that, that's why he leaves, to go manage his avocado farm. Like he right. just decides he's gonna go be an avocado farmer, and it's like that's right. Fucking what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Zaffa. He just loves avocados. <laughs> um, uh, maybe, I, and I don't know that it's an allusion towards something that's gonna happen, or if this is like this this callback. But this is a big one. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm just reaching. Roy tearing up the article. Mm. Ted does the same thing with the belief zone. Yes, he does. Now, it, it's, of course, two different things. And the way the sign comes back into play is oh my not gosh. at all like the article. But this idea that, like, these are just words. They are not. Like, that's not it, that's not everything. Like, it, it, it's it doesn't have like you. a magical power. Like, right. You know, it's not a spell. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it it doesn't. It doesn't hold some magic voodoo or good luck or bad luck or whatever whatever mojo it is you've been attributing to it. It's it's your symbol of something. It's your you know your symbol of hope or your symbol of hatred. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't, yeah. I don't know why Roy. Otherwise, why Roy was holding on to that like to to always remember that. But this thing you thought you needed. To yeah. keep you going for for some reason. Yeah, um, that's a better way to put it. The like you didn't need that for motivation. No, like you had it the whole time, which is such a cliche, sporty kind of thing. But I mean, it, it's never not true. True, I mean, very true. Um, no Nate in this episode either. Oh, yeah, good point. No Nate in this episode. Uh, mentioned by Rupert saying, you know, Nate's such a great gaffer. I can't believe you let him get away. Um, and one of the more British conversations we've had in this episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was shocked rewatching it. Uh, I was like, man, I, was like, I wondered, like, I, I guess there just wasn't a place for any of that in this episode. I mean, there really, there really wasn't. It would have felt shoehorned in. Yeah. It may have made a better tag on the episode, though. Yeah. Just anything with him, just him. You know um, what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of like cut to. Oh, and by the way, here's what Nate was doing, or whatever. Um, but I, I think we get a lot of that in the third episode. We I do. might be wrong though. No, Either. well, uh, it's either the third or the fourth. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Nate coming up. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of Nate coming up. Yeah, there's a confrontation coming up. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't think that's next episode. I think we. I think that. I think I'm thinking of four or five. When, yeah. God damn. Now I can't remember which episode is which. When they face off. Yes. Yeah. Um. Such a good episode. Um. But yeah. Uh. Hindsight. I really do like this episode. Like. Weirdness aside, like rewatching it now, I really, really love it. It's it's extremely funny. 
Um, but yeah, I just remember at the time, just like where, like, there's no Nate in this episode. It's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, they're not addressing any of the storylines that we we left behind. Like, there's a little bit of Roy and Keeley, but it's more just about Keeley doing her own thing and just, oh, I was so frustrated with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you were more frustrated than I was. I was more yeah. sitting here just kind of like, where is all of this going? Because I know this is the final season. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, where is it going? And then, you know, and, and then we get a couple more episodes and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I guess it, so to see it where this is out. going. Yeah, by, by like episode five, it really kind of levels itself out. Like, I just, I think they spent, one episode too many setting up the Zaba stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is in hindsight think... plays out really, really funny. It's just, you know, it, it's very much like the Aaron Rodgers storyline in the NFL where it's just like, yeah, did all this. And the guy's like, yeah, I played four games. <laughs> I'm going to farm avocados. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, you can check out all the other podcasts uh, on over on xwingfiles.com. You can rate uh, this podcast wherever you are listening to it. You can give us five stars and just say whatever you like in the comments. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and then uh, Jess also has her other podcast, which she can plug. Yes, um, you can find us over on Tomorrow's Legends. Uh, you just pop it into Google. You can pretty much find us and listen to us wherever you want. Um, and we're covering right now, we're doing a Legends of Tomorrow Season 3 rewatch. Um, we're just past the halfway the halfway point. We just watched the crossover um, for that season. So we're coming up on the mid-season finale. And then I think the whatever the episode is after that. I don't know. It's like halfway through the season. And then we're just waiting for Superman and Lois to come back. That's the only show that we currently have on the air. And if you really enjoyed Stargirl, we covered all of Stargirl as well. So we have a whole back catalog of that, if that interests you. Um, so you don't really do animation, correct? Um, like animated shows? More specifically? No, I do. Oh, okay. I, do um, I cover them on my podcast? No, I, I do. I, right. I'm a huge like Bob's Burgers fan and Futurama. I did and... not know this. Have we talked about this? Maybe I did know this. I, um, I don't know if we've talked about this. I love Bob's Burgers, man. I, I know. Well, maybe, maybe we have talked about this. I know. Have, you are you Bob's. current on it? No. The I episode am. that just aired is like fucking heartbreaking. Like, really? not in a, like, sad somebody dies way, just in a, like, yeah, kids are assholes sometimes, but holy shit, can they just be the yeah. best people in the world, man? Yeah. Um. So, I I haven't talked about it here, but uh, I, a few weeks ago, actually, finished My Adventures with Superman. Oh, nice. I haven't watched that. It's so fucking good. <laughs> really good things about it it and uh, you know it and superman and lois i'm just like how how can we do this on the small screen and we can't do this on the big screen it is <laughs> so exactly what these characters are 
Yeah. And I, I'm just, I'm blown away, like, just by how good it is. Um, so, you know, if y'all run out of things to talk about <laughs> and you want to <laughs> talk Superman or anybody just needs a recommendation of Superman content, holy shit, is it good? Like, so good. Also, the new season of Futurama, fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, another thing I have not watched. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, they're bringing this back again. <laughs> I, I, I was not a fan of the previous uh, re. It's the, not a reboot, but yeah. It's not really a reboot, but it, was, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't yeah. Good. Th- this was really, really, really good. Like, very back to basics okay. kind of stuff. Not like family guy style like oh look we're referencing something that makes it funny you oh, know yeah. um anyway uh yeah go check out all those things we're on a two-week like roll here i don't want to jinx us like higgins <laughs> but like possibly we'll be back next week talking about episode three we're you know a third almost a third of the way through the final season of ted lasso <laughs> I know, I know. We're we're rolling. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say, yeah, we could we can probably do that. Uh, I won't be able to record on Friday, but that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I should I should be fine. To record, yeah. so. I, I'm back to pressing pause on my dating life, so I have nothing oh, else to no. do. <laughs> so that didn't end well. Okay. <laughs> People are just the worst, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I I just I, I don't I don't know. Nobody knows how to just be like, just say, I, you know, I mean, I'm not really like, this is, they just, everybody ghosts everybody now. I'm just like, oh my God, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. Just respond. Oh, yeah, that's kind of annoying. um, Anyway, that's a story for never this podcast, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, All right. We'll hopefully see you guys next week. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Bye.